Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. I'm a birth and bereavement doula, as well as an adoption and surrogacy doula. Doula means woman who serves. And although I love happy births, adoptions, and surrogacy, the pro bono part of my business is in bereavement. I'm here to help you. I'm also mom of 18, yes, 18 children, with over 30 years experience in the trenches as a mom myself. We have a huge blended family, and I've also experienced the loss of our adult son. Remember, give a shout out to those brave enough to share their stories on how they have become parents. Let's dive in. Welcome to Becoming Parents. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. And today I am excited. I have a repeat guest, James with Fit for Birth. And we did our first podcast episode, I think it was October of 2022. Now I'm getting all my years wrong. And then we did a five-part series on corrective exercises and I was the guinea pig. I was the client and that was awesome. And today we're going, and I'll have all the links for all those videos in the show notes. And today we're going to talk about pollutants, pesticides, toxics, kind of, I'm, I'm hoping we come away from this with good ideas for how to do things at home for people. James, welcome. Yay. Happy 2023. Yeah, I'm no super kidding, excited huh? to be here with you again. And, uh, and yes, we can, I have my outline in front of me and we can ask questions or I can just kind of chat about it. And my understanding is that the, uh, the goal of today is to, you know, go down this topic. Like I, I'm as a holistic health coach, this is one of the important areas of, of several important areas at Fit for Birth. We often talk about the five foundations, breathing, movement, nutrition, lifestyle, and then your thoughts. Now today, We'll be talking about lifestyle, but you really can't do anything without um, including thoughts to it. So those are, that's kind of like a brief overview. I oh, love it. Go ahead. At the uh, the to uh, to frame this for those of you who have just started listening is that the we've titled this the four action steps for a healthier baby or pregnancy or just household in general. This will apply to really everyone, um, although you know, we can discuss specifics of pregnancy if that's the case. You know, I mean, it's, it's great to talk about specifics of pregnancy. I love that idea. I don't know. I think, you know, I haven't been pregnant in a really long time. And this topic is still something that I'm really uh, passionate and curious about. There's so much misinformation, even within healthy brands. And so I think, regardless of if you're pregnant or not, but you know, like how can you make changes and what are the big bad things and stuff, pollutants, placenta, uh, pesticides. So I want to jump in and start by saying that I have made my own products off and on for 30 years. And that can also be a pain in the butt. <laughs> like, so you jump in where you want to, and I'd love to look at my experience comparatively so that cool. would be awesome yeah so I, i'd like to also say as a frame for this is that my personal desire with all of my coaching and for my students around the world has been how do we make this simple that's really right? what what it's going to do like i i'll jump to the end and say in the end i'm just going to ask you to choose things when you, you're going to have to look at the label and look at the not the label the ingredients specifically, uh, depending on what it is we're talking about. So if you look at the ingredients and you're going to choose the ones that have 
less ingredients and, and more of the ingredients you can pronounce and you sort of understand, not the ones that sound like chemicals. And that, that's it. If that's all that you leave here with and you, and you start sort of looking at and you sort of like have two products in front of you and you just flip and you look at the ingredients, if you just start to do that, then that's it. It's really fairly simple. You're already going shopping or you're already skimming online or whatever it is. And you just, you do the click or you turn it over and you look at the ingredient label and then, and then you make one subtle change from there. This is about the rest of your life, not about right. cleaning everything up at this moment, this week, this new year or whatever it is. It's about the rest of your life. It's one health has always felt so easy for me. And I, mm -hmm. I realized that that's not how it feels for a lot of people. And so when I look at, well, how, why has health felt so easy? Well, because I don't, I don't really put the pressure of it has to be done now. It's just been, it's one thing I'm doing this week that feels easy to do. And, right. and, and that I'm going to, I'm probably going to hold on to that for a good long time. And sometimes I don't, sometimes I revert back or whatever. And, and, but, but in general, I'm moving. It's kind of like they say the stock market, it keeps going up and up, even though it has its ups and downs. And so as long as you're moving in the general direction of health for your household, for your family, then try to feel at peace with that. And of course, when I say try to feel at peace with that, well, that's where mindfulness and that all important thoughts and mind come into play because you can be doing a lot of things really well, but if you don't recognize your successes, then unfortunately you're going to still feel anxiety about having to have more healthy things in place and get the toxins out or whatever. Like, let's not drive ourselves crazy. Let's just realize there's, all, we live in a yin and yang world. Everything here has a, has a, a positive and a negative depending on, you know, how you spin it. And just understanding that, that finding what's right for you in this moment and peacefully moving toward just in general health is going to be the way to go. Let's make it feel easy. That would be great. I know that when I was making everything, it got to the point where it wasn't easy and it wasn't working as well. You know, like some things I have made for years and years, my all-purpose cleaner is amazing but my laundry detergent wasn't, you know, it's those sort of things also. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody should go out and start making all their own stuff. This is a much broader topic. I just know that that was something I really wanted to do because I thought it would be better, which it was. And I didn't realize how hard it would be. So that's not always the answer for everyone. I found a balance with that, but then what else am I bringing in the house? Yeah. Well, also in today's age, and again, it, some of it is there's a financial consideration with some things, right. but in general, in today's age, like I remember when I was doing this research originally when Fibber Birth was starting in 2008 or so, and there were no, um, in certain entire categories, there was no healthy alternative. I had to make it myself. Um, but today, it, like for example, cosmetics. Um, oh, yeah. Today, though, there's a there's tons, dozens of lines of cosmetics that are specifically, you know, I don't even know how to say this word, phthalate or phthalate, whatever you say that, phthalate free or you know, like they're they're specifically designed yeah. to be natural alternatives. And so, if you're willing and able to Google something, you know, search for it online, you're gonna find an alternative. And then you just, you know, be savvy as much as you can with the sales and getting them at the right time or whatever mm -hmm. so that it's affordable. But today that you can find many alternatives to that. So you do not have to, to make your own products. Although, you know, like my favorite skin lotion 
it's a rather thick one, but it's just shea butter. It's one ingredient. <laughs> and, you know, like it, it, I order it from Amazon and it comes from, I guess, Africa somewhere. And that's all that's in it is shea butter. Now it's a little thick. And so if you want to get, you know, a little more savvy, you can mix it with other oils and loosen it up and put in essential oil or something. But, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy and I don't, I don't need to make it complex. And so to, to put shea butter on, you know, an elbow that's, uh, that's dry or whatever is pretty amazing, you know, and it's yeah. super simple. And by the way, that $6, you know, container that I have will probably last a couple of years, quite frankly, at the rate that it's being used. So right. not, not expensive at all. In many cases, these, these products, because you're paying for the brands on the other side of things, these products are actually going to be far, far in more what's the word I'm saying, inexpensive, they're going to be less expensive right. than the brands. Which is so, true. I love to keep it simple. So keep moving forward. And you brought up makeup, lotion, two huge things for moms. Um, and then let's just, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So, well, okay. So let's, let's frame for those of you who want to, you know, kind of understand the, the bigger picture here. Let me just spend a minute saying that you know, there are some pollutants and pesticides that do cross the placenta and, and some mm -hmm. little factoids here and there. Um, a very famous 2004 environmental working group um, study found that, you know, 287 unnatural chemicals in umbilical cord blood, um, 180 were already established to cause cancer and 217 were known to be toxic, 208 causing birth defects specifically. So, when, when just, by the way, that's from 10 babies who were born and then they just tested the cord blood to see, hey, what's going on, right? So pretty small sample, but this has been widely referenced um, across all sorts of household toxin, you know, blogs and, and uh, well, research in general. And, um, and so this was sort of the start of, oh my gosh, look at what we're doing to our, to our babies. Um, and if you look at sort of the history of toxins in, you know, since the industrial revolution or just in general, as humanity continues to become more complex in certain ways and um, we have more chemicals simply available for use in various ways, um, some fun sort of things to look at is that we, you know, in 1947, we, we put DDT in wallpaper and it was advertised as, you know, like save your, your child from um, disease bugs, you know, bugs that carry diseases. So we put a pesticide in it. Well, of course, that wasn't really a good idea. So that was removed. 1978, lead paint was banned. 1986, a best asbestos ban from schools. And then more so later on, 2004, flame retardants banned. And so what we have, and then BPA 2013 was banned from uh, baby bottles and children's spill-proof cups. And now there's petitions as of 2022 um, petitioning to limit BPA and food packaging in general. So adults are still eating it, I guess, but they've limited it in our kids. And so what we have is a, a, a historical pendulum swing that basically looks something like this. New chemicals are created and used, and they're allowed to be used because, they, well, that's the way our standards typically are. Um, and quite frankly, I guess I'll come back to this in, in the future, is that our regulatory agencies really can't keep up with new chemicals. There's new ones being produced every day and uh, being put on the market. And that's just that's just the way that the system works. So a new chemical is created and used. People eventually 
or ultimately find out, well, some of them are toxic. Um, and so then number three is, well, we ban it, we, we remove it. Um, but here's the funny part is that as we're in the middle of removing BPA, we have already introduced dozens, if not hundreds of other plastic-like uh, chemicals to replace the BPA. And time will tell whether those have just as many harmful effects or less or more, et cetera, right? And so that's the, the, the as I call the, the, this pendulum of historical swing. Unfortunately, that's how things work right now. And so you, you just have to be your own advocate and try to use what hopefully we'll leave you with today if you're not already doing what I'm just gonna call kind of common sense if you understand that the regulatory agencies are not really, you know, you can't really rely on them then let's use our common sense and let's break that down to a few very basic things. Now, before I move into, uh, into those solutions, I'll say some other fun factoids is that the average woman's daily uh, routine, I forget which reference, I'd have to go back on it right now, but um, exposes her to at least 168 unique ingredients every day, although that number may now be as high as 515. Now, of course, many of them, and I there's four different references I have on that. Um, and, and that's pretty amazing that that's a lot. That's a lot in a daily routine. And so you're gonna inevitably have some things um, unless you're, you know, I, I guess like you and, and I, Jen, you're already in the mode of seeking the, you know, like I said, shea butter, right? That's all, that's right. what my lotion is. And if you look at the average skin cream, you know, there's a dozen ingredients on there. Um, and you're sometimes lucky to have shea butter in addition. Um, as I said, regulatory agencies simply cannot keep up with it. Um, and there's a, I have another quote here, personal care products are governed by the FDA, which requires no government review of products before they go to market. Okay. So now there are epigenetic, and then this is now framing the, again, the, the challenge or the problem is that there are epigenetic effects of toxins on pregnancy. And um, even in a 2011 um, reproductive toxicology report, they talked about those uh, prenatal exposures being transgenerational, which means that they act across multiple generations, which just okay. means that you can have a, a epigenetic uh, factor take place. Like in other words, the chemical goes on into your skin or in your body, and it literally tells your DNA to produce a different set of mRNA and therefore peptides and proteins. And then that sequence that's now happening in your body gets transferred to your child. And then your child now essentially has a new way of operating genetically. It, all that's to just say, it's a fancy way of saying what you do in your life affects your kids and what your kids are doing in their life right. affects their kids. And that's just we used to think, you know, genetics has been this thing. And for many decades, it was like, no, genetic, it's predetermined and all. Well, that's not the case at all. Epigenetically, you put chemicals in, it affects you and your and your children. You take chemicals out, you get more natural. That also affects you and your children for better. And I want to point that out because epigenetics is the study of how your behavior's environment cause changes that affect the way your genes work. And it's reversible. So it's not a permanent genetic change. Epigenetics is like changing your environment and then your genes going, oh, okay, we, you can reverse it. That's the great news for people. Yeah. And, and to be clear, epigenetics doesn't have to be this like, like crazy, uh, uh, a difficult to understand scientific thing. In general, when you exercise, that mm -hmm. causes an epigenetic change. Exercise is epigenetic. Nutrition. There's epigenetics too. Whether you have toxins coming into your system, that's an epigenetic 
factor. All of the mindfulness is an epigenetic factor, the way you breathe. In other words, on some level, almost everything environmentally, yeah. if you want to call it that, affects you epigenetically, which right. of course affects genetically, right? Yeah. So I love so this. yes. So 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 the so that I think I'll just say sort of concludes the bit on well, it's important. Let's let's pay attention. Let's not treat this any more or less than all the other important things there are to do in the world. Let's not get crazy about it. But today we're talking about household toxins. So let's see what we can do. So let's move into some of the solutions. So first of all, how do chemicals enter your body though? Uh, because <laughs> If we're going to solve that, we have to understand why it is. And let's just, and this is probably going to make sense to, to everyone, but I just have listed three little things here. One is you breathe them in. So if you, if you smell it, and sometimes if you don't smell it, like the exhaust or the fumes or whatever, um, and you know, sometimes they say that, that the, the air environment inside an office building is worse than when you go outside. Right. Uh -huh. So, so whether you smell it or don't smell it, but the point is, is when you're breathing it in, well, it does go into your system. And many of those things, you know, like you have to understand that air fills your lungs, your alveoli cells, the cells of your, of your lungs. And it, that's where the interface where, where, the oxygen and carbon dioxide exchanges into the blood. Well, in addition to oxygen and carbon dioxide exchange, you have little tiny chemicals. And if you can smell it, then that means that you have tiny little molecules floating in the air that go into your lungs. Now, again, I've said it, you, some of these things you can't smell, they just are what they are. So, but think about what it is you're smelling, fragrances of general sorts. So that's, that's really the big one, I guess, that comes to my mind, um, fragrances, they enter your system and then they go into your bloodstream. That's one way to do it. Uh, one way that chemicals enter your body. Number two, skin absorption. So you put it on your skin. Now, not all things go through the skin. It sort of depends the size. And I'm really not even a uh, chemical expert on that level to know which one's which. But um, but some of them go in. Now, one of the, the, the points I wanted to make on skin absorption is that the new style of cosmetics seems to be nanocosmetics. And that's nanotechnology, the, the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest little things that are, I guess I was reading the other day, something like, um, you know, 8,000 or 80,000, I don't even know which one, but thousands of times smaller than the, the, your hair follicle or something like that. In other words, these things are designed to penetrate into your skin to give you a better cosmetic feel to the, to the uh, product that you're using. And well, like I said, yin and yang, there's a, there's a trade-off to all things. You might have a uh, a really smooth and listen, I'm not a cosmetic guy. I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> you know, makeup or whatever, but you might get a better effect for your makeup. But unfortunately, right. you've just, you know, the downside is you've just sort of uh, taken in more toxin because of that. So just be aware of that. Um, you know, nano, it, you, you can see it on the, uh, if you're doing a search and you're looking on, uh, for example, Amazon, you can see because they'll they'll say now they'll actually brag for nanotechnology often because it's a cool new technology and there might be a downside So just be aware of that. You know, like I think in today's day and age, we can all agree in general that none of us need more toxins inside our system. So, you know, just right. operating with that in mind, just in general, you want to pull them out. So the third way that chemicals enter your body is ingestion. Of course, you literally put them in on purpose. And, and that's where nutrition becomes a part of this. Look, if whether it's processed foods or whether it's quite frankly kale that now has pesticides on it well these are just things to be aware and like i said in general we can all agree that we want to have the minimal amount of of 
chemicals entering our system. So be aware when you're breathing and when it's what you're putting on your skin. And then of course, what you're, what you're ingesting. Oh, and in my ingesting category here, I have, uh, what did I put here? 32 lip products containing heavy metals, including uh, lead, which is known to cause miscarriages and cadmium, which is known to quote, halt the pregnancy or produce birth defects. So um, lip products, that's like lipstick something like that. So, so there are things and just trying to contact the company or look because increasingly people are listing them, um, but you yeah. don't have to list them on many of them, but contacting the company and asking, Hey, can I get a list of ingredients is potentially an important way to go. Now this can already feel overwhelming because it's like, there's so much to do. So let's go to, well, what do we do? What are the three uh, considerations when making a healthful change? And Number one, do what's easy first. So the, inevitably right now at this point in the conversation, some of you are, are already thinking, oh yeah, I looked at the ingredients of that the other day and I noticed that it was, you know, like had some, you know, strange ingredients, whatever. And I already know that I can choose the one right next to it on the shelf that's different. And, and so let me do that because, well, it's already easy. It's in my mind. It feels like not a big deal. I'm going shopping mm -hmm. already. I don't have to go out of my way. There's no email I have to write or research or what I have to do. Do what's easy first. That's how things feel, have felt easy for me in my life. Let's just do what's easy first, right? Uh, number two, and not necessarily in this order, you, you, you go with what you're inspired for, of course. Number two is what are you using frequently? So, so after you've, you've done what is easy, well, now ask yourself, well, what's going in my body every day? Is it lipstick every single day or is it uh, the shampoo that I'm using every day or the toothpaste? Or, I don't know, but inevitably there's a, there's a few things you use every day. Uh, identify in your mind right now, two of them, maybe even one of them. <laughs> Let's make it really easy. Identify one of them right now and then tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to go check that ingredient. Yeah. I'm going to turn it over and look at it and I'm going to, I'm going to sort of read. And, and if there's just a few ingredients and I can pronounce most of them, okay, let, then I've just, just done my due diligence there. I can move on to the next one when I feel like it later. Um, and if instead that that thing that I've checked seems to have a lot of ingredients or or I'm not sure, then let me do a Google search or let me specifically ask next time I'm in the grocery store um, uh, for a natural alternative. Let me look right. for a natural alternative to this thing that I'm using frequently. And then the third one is that I've put on in here intuition, which I'll come back to in the future, because and intuition is also my way of saying kind of relax because we've always had stuff. Yes, in today's day and age, we probably have more chemicals that are less natural than ever before. But the, the reality is there's always been something to right. deal with in society, something that's going to stress us out. And so let's not try not to make this the new one. Let's intuitively follow what works well for you right now, for your family, um, and just you know try to relax into it. So that's it. Do what's easy. Then check into what you're what you're most frequently using, and then relax into your intuition and know it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Let's make one change today as a part of this podcast right now. I now, love the pause. one change a day. I really, really love the one change a day because it is not overwhelming. And so I could look at lotion today, right? Look at what I have and then replace it. And then look at makeup and look at what I have and then replace it. I've done searches before where it's like, um, whatever the ingredient is in makeup, 
that's really awful, like the most pure makeup there is, and then break it down into the most of the least expensive. Because a lot of this, like you said, you don't have to break the bank on it. You can do one thing at a time. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Keep going. Sorry. And and no worries. I mean, we're, we're really down to the final part here of, well, what are the four action steps? And this is where we can maybe banter a bit for, you know, back and forth, even a little bit more as I go into it. But to come back to your point on, I was saying, really, make one change today, right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, I honestly, one change a day, it, that's the way that you phrased it. I that can be a lot for people. That's, yeah. that's, that's a lot mentally for most people. So um, most people will honestly learn like this. Today, you took the time to listen to a 30-minute podcast, make one change. Uh, in a month or a couple months or next year, you'll read a book on something like this, or you'll read an article uh, next week or whatever, and and you know, make one change then. In other words, that's part of being easy. Let it fit your life. And listen, I don't want to curb anybody's enthusiasm. If If you're like run want to run out the gate and check all your ingredients by all means go do it you know like follow the rules still easiest most frequent you know that sort of thing and don't let me stop your enthusiasm but definitely don't get overwhelmed definitely number right. one is you know make this feel easy along the way uh know that even i a professional health coach for a living spent many many years of my life eating and consuming all sorts of crap, ridiculous stuff. And, you know, it's okay. Here I am at 46 and I'm better for some of it and worse for some of it. And I'm still making some changes. None of my stuff is perfect. Uh, because right. again, I, I live in this human world where I don't, I don't, you know, per, as they say, perfection is not the thing to strive for just improvement to where you want toward the result that you want, just, just going toward where you want. In my mind, I go towards two things initially, and one is the pesticides on our food. So uh, you mentioned kale, but any kind of produce, even if you are purchasing it organic, and there actually that is something that's pretty simple to make the spray that you can spray on everything and then rinse off. And you can d discuss that with me because that's one thing we're doing a lot of is consuming food. So that would be like produce is the first place I would start with that. And then, yeah, you can look at ingredients in bread and in other stuff or whatever. Um, but that's where I would start. And I know that it's not hard to clean it. So you're not necessarily buying something different. It's easy to remedy it does, it's not a huge lifestyle change, but it's huge to your body. So that's one of the first things I think of. And the other one that I think of as a woman, and you mentioned lotion, but it's like the biggest organ in our body is our skin. And you're putting it, you're not just doing like this, like every 10 days, right? Like I slather myself almost every day. And I know women who are pregnant that are worried about stretch marks. They're like, and after pregnancy, you know, if it's not important to you prior, your skin health, when women get pregnant and then after they're pregnant, they're after their baby's born, if their skin health wasn't important before, it tends to be a lot more important. And you're putting something on the biggest organ in your body. Um, and that is, again, so those are the first two that I would encourage if people are out there, like, I want to make a change, but it's so overwhelming. Um, you can research natural pesticide spray that you can make yourself at home and it's not hard. And even purchasing them is not expensive. So it's a not break the bank thing. And then, like you said, 
you know, you can get really inexpensive lotion, mix it yourself at home. If if it's too thick, I think myself and pregnant women tend to get it more thick. That's when you start. That's when you start to get, you know, that thick lotion is when you're pregnant. And you don't want to get stretch marks. But two things that are really inexpensive, really easy and affect a lot of your body. So that's that's where my brain goes. Okay. Yeah. And well, that's wonderful. And that's perfect for you. And I'm going to, I'm going to say something about the, uh, I used to be the person who would not put anything in my body unless it was literally labeled organic. Okay. And what I started to realize is that it's actually more, because remember organic can be fruits and vegetables, but it can also be like organic muffins and processed foods right so so many years ago when i was sort of like this crazy person on organic i uh, at the beginning before people were doing it type of thing that's where i went right and what i've what i've come to realize is that even if it's like let's put it this way the foundational piece is that you eat vegetables and that for me at this point in my life i i'm gonna choose a non-organic pesticide you know sprayed vegetable every time over a processed food and i want to make sure to just kind of say that as a foundational piece because you know it's kind of like we like to pop supplements a lot and it's like oh yeah i'm going to take all these supplements but my diet my macronutrients are just terrible i'm eating processed foods so so i personally have gotten to the place where yeah let's wash our and i certainly wash uh, my vegetables um I don't, I I do still buy organic vegetables, of course. So typically I don't even feel like I even have to, but if I'm going out to eat or whatever it is, like um, I'm not as worried about it. And I'm just going for the whole food because I'm trusting that the whole food of the zucchini or the cucumber or whatever is going to counterbalance. And and maybe, you know, honestly, I'm probably deluding myself on some level, but Mm. I'd rather be in that belief system than, than being crazy about how many pesticides are on my food. I don't, I haven't, and I don't know which ones to recommend in terms of washing um, foods at home. Certainly uh, wash your, your foods, especially if they're not organic, right? That's the the take home message there so that we're not bringing them, right. you know, extra chemicals into our body, but let's not skip the point that eating vegetables to begin with is really possibly a more important foundational piece in general. I love that you said that because we do get hung up on things and you're right. I mean, processed foods, like with anything, not just this conversation, if you do not, if you can't read and you do not know what ingredients are that are listed or, I mean, sometimes we'll look at an ingredient list and it's just a certain length and we're like, nope, we don't even, I don't even read the ingredients list because it's so long. I know that it's not going to be good for me. Like if it's this long, you want the yeah. one that's like this long, right? That's right. But also if you're reading it and it's a shorter list, but it has some stuff that like you don't know what that word means. You can't even pronounce that word. Um, there are a couple of times where I'll look it up, you know, online to see what does this mean? Uh, but for the most part, if it has stuff in it and that, and you're looking at a lot of processed foods and we could go down this massive rabbit hole on the health of foods, but I do love that you pointed out like I can wash a non-organic pesticide piece of fruit and remove it but you cannot undo the process the ingredients in the process muffin 
That's it, right. Even if it's organic. So that was a great point. I think, you know, again, it can be overwhelming. And so uh, for food, I look at the ingredients list, but also food has been a priority for me from 17 to 52, that if I kept that as healthy as I could, if I made as much as I could, if I kept it as healthy, that that would make a huge difference in my life. And I, I have enough time invested that I know it has made a huge investment, but it's not, it's not like I'm perfect. You know, just like you said, there are some things where I'm like, totally worth it today. Gonna eat that. You know, <laughs> I know it's yeah. not good for me. I'm going to eat it anyway. Um, but for the most part, if you just look at ingredients and that's how I handle food, but yeah, produce, produce is one of those things you, you can buy it at any price and clean it. Yeah. Now I want to keep this simple. So I'm going to say, for those of you who want to keep it simple, mute the next 30 seconds. For those of you who would like to, to <laughs> just be, be made aware of the, of the com uh, complexity of this is that we do need a systemic uh, earthwide change in the way that we produce agriculture because it's not just on the, the food it is grow it is in the food now it is being grown the food is being changed and you can't wash pesticides out from inside the food right. so that's a whole other thing but good now welcome back to the yeah. simple part <laughs> and um just you know I don't want to skip over it we do need some big changes but let's be let's be simple for right now now right. let me go back to your um uh you said pregnancy and people wanting to avoid stretch marks. Mm. The best way to avoid stretch marks is to not allow the skin to stretch beyond its capacity for returning the collagen bands to break. And the best way and the way that we teach at Fit for Birth is to use your core breathing. It has nothing to do with, right. you know, like good luck putting something on your skin topically to try to heal collagen that is popping and, and uh, breaking moment by moment because your stomach is very large. Now, here's the thing. I'm pregnant. What am I supposed to do about that? Well, in general, not, I shouldn't say in general, many pregnant people allow their tummy to get so uh, expanded that and when I say allow, it's because of the way that you're breathing. We want to breathe into the belly a little bit more, inhale into the belly and the exhale and make the tummy uh, a little bit smaller when you exhale. So the, the, what I'm trying to say, long story short, is that if you have a dynamic movement of your breathing 20,000 times per day, then uh, this is one of the reasons why in our fit for birth experience, again, anecdotally, right. you know, like not like research proven or anything like that, but uh, the people that we work with typically don't get stretch marks because we're teaching them how to use their midsection, their core to, to breathe. And you breathe 20,000 times a day. So it's sort of a natural pump. Imagine that the contrast between a natural pump 20,000 times a day compared to a person who is sort of stagnantly expanded and then you go and you bend over to change the dishes in the washing machine or whatever you're going to do. And micro tears are happening at the linea alba um, or elsewhere in, in at the skin. Linea alba, I mentioned because of diastasis. It's, it's mm -hmm. really the same thing I'm talking about here. And or you're going to stretch the skin. And so just be careful. It's not maybe not absolute perfect, but just go start with breathing. Um, and then, yes, if you're going to slather and put something on you. Now, let's go through my my four um, here's the one, two, three, four action steps. Number one is and it, funny. It has escaped us to this point. Water, uh, water, <laughs> is, you're drinking water. You need to get some sort of filter and 
um, if you don't already have one. And there are many under the sink ones. I just was looking on Amazon the other day. You can get it for anywhere between 100 and 400, whether it's sort of beside the sink or whether it's part of your sink contraption. Uh, something that filters out some level of, of filter. You don't have to get the thousands of dollars one if you don't want, but just something that's acting on the behalf of removing toxins yep. is so critically important because, well, you know, as they say, you're made of 80% water, you know, like we need your water to be somewhat cleansed in some way. So number one is do something with your water. If you really want to get fancy and you don't want, you know, plastic, then I did see that there are glass now options for beside the sink, you know, you fill it up and, oh, and stainless steel too. The, the right. Guy. right. So, um, so that's number one. Number two, the ingredients. Now we've talked a lot about ingredients that the, we have a prenatal wellness course at, at Fit for Birth. And basically in this section, section seven, one by one, we go through each section. And the first thing we say before we complicate it with various ingredients is look for a short list of ingredients that you can pronounce. It's exactly what you said, Jen. Yeah. Look for a short list. And we even get funny about it. Like by the end, it's like, hey, surprise, surprise. Look for a short list of ingredients that you can pronounce. That's it. Things like in your, and I'll mention four specifically, in your soap or shampoo, something like saponified oil. That's a very natural, that's what we've been using for generations. Um, and that's instead of something like diethanolamide. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but diethanolamide is an example of, well, I'm not exactly sure what that is. Sounds like a chemical. Yeah, let's remove that. Lotions, coconut oil and shea butter. I mentioned shea butter. Coconut oil is the more greasy one. Shea butter is the more dry one. It depends how you want it. If you mix the two, you get something special in between, and that's just two ingredients instead of parabens, right? Or or if you want to be simple, just go and get the one that's sort of advertised at least as more natural because if it's advertised as more natural, yes, you can't always trust it, but don't drive yourself crazy. Most of the time, those companies are doing the best they can to remove the things they know are a problem. A paraben, by the way, is methylparaben. It'll literally say that. Or propylparaben, and there's other parabens too. So anything that ends with the name paraben. Air fresheners, something we haven't touched upon. Oh, Essential wow. oils, if possible, like a diffuser. Yes, it's it's more expensive in well, actually, I don't even know about that because you can get a whole bottle and you put it in and, you know, a diffuser on Amazon's maybe 30 bucks and then each essential yeah. oil bottles, maybe five to 10, depending on the quality that you're looking for, or the the uh, rarity of it. So if you're looking at an investment like that versus any sort of plug in, um, you know, any sort of, well, unnatural one, which are known for basically, you know, it's funny, they they don't make things smell better as much as the technology is designed to deaden your olfactory nerves, actually. At least that's what it was originally designed for. So there's, they're actually designed to deaden your, your ability to smell. It's so weird that we do these sorts of crazy things, but that's the type of things they are. Um, I don't, it's very difficult to get ingredients, but one comma four dichlorobenzene uh, or just anything that says fragrance in it. Now that's a tough one because even if you go to natural food uh, uh, areas or grocery stores and you look for, they often will have fragrance. Um, and so you have to, you know, oftentimes I'm buying things like my, my laundry detergent is just simply fragrance free. Now look, I'm really sensitive. I can literally get a headache or start having a runny nose, super sensitive to this stuff. Um, and, and, you know, that, that is, that's just the deal that I am going through, um, sort it out for yourself, see what you're, it, it, I think sometimes that happens to people as you start to remove things, you start to immediately notice when they're back in, it's kind of like, oh, I'm sugar-free. Yep. And then the moment that you, you know, for I've, weeks, my 21 day diet is sugar-free. Now I'm going to celebrate with a cake. And all of a sudden you're like jumping off the walls. Like you never have it. it you're more sensitive to it. So just be aware. 
And then, like we said, cosmetics phthalate free. So number one, water. Number two, look for a short list of ingredients that you can pronounce. And that's applicable to your household toxins as well as to your food items. If you're looking at it and you can see a food label. And then number three and four, intuitive balance and then mindfulness. And then I'll hand it back to you, Jen. Mm -hmm. But intuitive balance means it's kind of what I was saying before. Let's relax. Let's remember that any one chemical is not likely to be the sole cause of chronic disease, deformity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's when your body has to manage all the chemicals that things start to just kind of break down. More often, that's really what's going on in the world, even though every once in a while we do identify that this chemical causes it. It's really all, it's the onslaught of all of them. So, so don't drive yourself crazy. For example, go for a run. It's good for you, even though you're going to be breathing exhaust during part of that run the run counteracts it it outweighs it eat a can of sardines even though you're you know it's canned and it has other uh, uh plastic sort of things in, in the liner of the can um it's probably better to get your omega-3s and then you know I'm, I'm mentioning sardines specifically because they're smaller fish and hopefully have uh not the the mercury of the larger fish like the tuna and such like like that uh pump and store your breast milk even though your baby's gonna Drink it from a bottle later. You know, like that's okay. That's probably a helpful benefit, right? Um, and even things like DEET, mosquito mm. repellent is, you know, possibly I, from the research that I've done at this point anyway, it's better to do that than get Zika. So, uh, you know, like that's just a reality of our world. If at all possible, try to plan your activities when during non-mosquito hours, if that's something, you know. So in other words, intuitively just kind of gently start with what's easy see where it makes sense and one thing remember today if you can just do one thing different pick the one and then trust that next week you'll read an article and do a second thing right next week, and you know what re listen to this put on your calendar in one month from now to just kind of see what happens and listen to this talk one more time and see what the next layer is you'll look back and be like oh look at that i did one or two things you'll even do a third that you didn't even know that you were going to do it just kind of happened and now here you are listening again and you're ready to do the fourth one now or something like that you want to jump in or i go my i got one yeah, more to go. i think you know we're i know we're wrapping up but one of the things that i like to do is search for the healthiest option at walmart and that's not because it's the best place to shop that's because it's the easiest place to shop and often except for amazon ordering on amazon um but i'll search both of them and just just find out like what's what is the best or the healthiest mascara or, you know, whatever. And it really, I just want to remind people, it's not ideal. It's not my favorite. Yeah. I want to get it from the best brand also, but to not break the, the bank and to make a difference now, you know, you can get shea butter. I looked on my phone, you can get shea butter at Walmart. I could order it and pick it up today. Mm -hmm. um, you can order it from Amazon. So I think that to make it less overwhelming, like all stores have options. So wherever you're shopping, the those stores have options that are healthier than the next one and that aren't necessarily more expensive. And you can actually search like what is the best option in this category and find it at your local insert here store. And once you have a couple brands that you get familiar with, you'll notice them at other places too. And so um, 
it does not have to be overwhelming. But if you're like me and you use like I use Walmart, I use my Walmart app as my list. So I'll put everything in my list on there, even if it's not the right thing, just like so I don't forget laundry detergent. So I don't forget that, right? I use it as my list. And then I usually go into the store and then I can choose, oh, laundry detergent. Okay, well, I'm not getting that one that's in my cart, but I know I need to buy it and I can look at what the most the better options are. And really it doesn't have to cost you a lot. So I guess another way to do it or a way that my brain works, one is to think about what do I use the most that I want to replace? And that's just by walking through your house, opening up your cabinets. And the next thing is when you're making your list to pick up or go into the store, you can take that opportunity if you're buying that thing to swap it out for something that's better. So really to make it as not overwhelming as possible. That's grammatically, that is a mess. But, you know, to to make it really, really not overwhelming, replace things as you are already purchasing them and you can do it like I checked Walmart. So it, it really doesn't have to be overwhelming, but it will make a huge difference. And yes, you are right. When you remove something and smells for me are one um, from when I was pregnant, still, I won't walk down a candle aisle I like uh, those unnatural, weird, I just can't do it because I've, I have removed so much of that out of my life. And I reacted so strongly during a, one of my pregnancies. You will know once you remove some of that, when you walk past that aisle at the store, you'll be like, it's like a punch to the face, you know? So you, you won't notice it at first. And all of a sudden you'll you'll be up against something that happens where you're like, holy cow, didn't even realize how much that was out of my system till I ate it again or drank it again or smelled it again. And then it will, it will be like a sucker punch. So. Yeah. Th there are a lot of people who don't want to even do that because they don't, they're like, Oh, I don't want to not be able to live life. And, and I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want to be sucker punched when I walk down the candle aisle and, to, to those of you, if that's something that's a concern of yours, just, just know this, the trade-off that you're considering here is being able to actually feel and sense your body. That there's yeah. something really magical about the fact that like, you know, if something at me, the clients that I work with and stuff that you start to like be able to self-manage aches and pains instead of just sort of like going to the doctor and saying, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? Why do I have this happening? Um, you start to be able to understand and solve it yourself. And it really, it, it is a trade-off like all things, but it puts right. health into your hands a bit. So if you're ready for that, then, you know, embrace the every once in a while, the sucker punch I had uh, last week uh, being, you know, in a different kitchen environment, um, something cooked on Teflon and immediately got a Teflon headache. That's part of the, the, the problem that I have to suffer, not to bring up a new topic there, but the, your cookware, you know, like instead of stainless steel or ceramic or, or clay or whatever, um, the nonstick Teflon stuff, you know, like that one, that's one that, you know, now I can sense. I know when it's been cooked on Teflon because I get my Teflon headache from it. Pretty crazy. Now I am going to end with a one, and, and this is one that is so worth saving for right now because in many ways, if, if at all you're feeling like, hey, I'm overwhelmed, there's still a lot to do. First, like Jen was saying, and like I've said, just pick the one thing 
you know, you don't have to do all of them. Just the one thing, maybe it's the way that you shop at Walmart, just like Jen said, just swap out the one item or whatever and just do that right now. Or maybe it's like one that you know that's going to be easy or whatever it is. But this is one that potentially trumps them all. And it's mindfulness. Mindfulness is literally the practice of meditation or being present. Now, I'm not kidding about this. I'll read you a couple quotes. 2020 Frontiers in Psychology wrote, mindfulness and compassion meditation affects methylation regions. This is a, a, a factor that affects your how your genes work, um, corresponding to at least 43 genes. Immunity, glucose, uh, homeostasis, lipid metabolism, protein folding, literally everything. Um, and so we know that mindfulness and meditation has an effect epigenetically on your system, so much so that the Nobel Prize winner for telomeres, telomeres are the bumpers at the end of your DNA, and they basically shorten over the course of time until finally your system's frayed and you die. Well, uh, check out this one. Telomeres tend to be shorter with negative thinking, but they may be stabilized or even lengthened. That means reverse aging even lengthened by practicing habits that promote stress resiliency. So here are the habits that promote stress resiliency that will affect your baby epigenetically and transgenerationally. Factors making up stress resiliency include practicing meditation, straight up meditation, the way that you know you think it's, it is, there's a million different types, being present. So like right now, Jen and I might or might not be present depending on how it is that our brain is doing right now, being conscientious, thinking about what that means mm. in your life, Waking joyfully, not just shutting the alarm and wishing it wasn't that way, but somehow saying, okay, well, what can I be thankful for? Whatever. Waking joyfully, self-compassion. Think about what that means in your life. Feeling purpose. Think about what that means in your life. What are you aiming for in this year, 2023? What are you aiming for in the next five years in your life for your family? adopting a challenge response rather than defeatism. In other words, okay, I have a challenge in front of me. How do I overcome this challenge as opposed to, oh my God, this is not fair. It's happening to me. How do you change that mentality? And then finally, self-discipline of doing it over and over again, moment by moment, coming back to being present. I'm not kidding that that of all the things we've talked about today and the household talking, the things affecting you, there is one thing that can override all of it. Even if you don't make one household toxin change, if you just become mindful, you will shift genetically, epigenetically, the way that your body produces chemicals and the way that your body can, um, can regulate and remove these toxins from your body. So just consider that's a huge, huge point. And that brings me to summary of the four steps. Do something with your water to make it better. Uh, number two, look for a short list of ingredients that you can pronounce. Number three, know that, you know, there's an intuitive balance. Don't worry so much. And then number four, mindfulness meditation on some level. Teach your body epigenetically how to handle this regardless of what's going on in the environment around you. James, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. This was awesome. I loved it. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. I love it too.